0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. All right, so I'm going to continue with my interesting facts, but we're going to look at Passion Week this week. And um, if many of you have served the Lord probably your whole life, and Palm Sunday is nothing new to you. But I really felt led. I was just praying about this week, and we kind of laugh here. We're like, we don't always have to do Palm Sunday Easter services. But the Lord said, I want you to really teach on Palm Sunday, and I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want? We're going to look at it through the eyes of Luke today, but um, I was thinking about it, and I studied different theologians. We have a few that we really like. If you are nerdy and like these things, I'm going to give you their names, so you can look up Dr. N.T. Wright or Dr. Craig Keener. They're two of our favorites. You can look them up, and they'll give you interesting facts about history, but also about, you know, Old and New Testament survey things. Anyway, So as we're looking at this today, I want you to think about the Gospels. We're looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is when Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And they're talking about those times. And then John has half of his book that is dedicated to this one week. Matthew has two-fifths of his book that's dedicated to this week. Mark has three-fifths and Luke has one-third. According to, like, when you look at this, I was looking at the chapters, right? So there are 89 chapters total in the Gospels. Is everyone tracking with me? Okay, 89. in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you add them all together, there's 89 chapters. Four of those 89 chapters are about Jesus' first 30 years. 85 of those chapters are about the last three and a half years. And of those 85 that are about those three and a half years, 29 of those chapters cover this one week. So if you're looking for devotions this week, there is plenty to read, all right? (laughs) We're going to be sending them again um, through social media. You can see them. We'll do all week. We'll have our devotions going out there. But I thought that was interesting facts. Do you see the weight and the importance that God has on this very week? This is why Jesus came. Right now, there's over 300 prophecies that are fulfilled about this one week. And we're going to look at some things today, some facts. So let's just pray and ask God to speak to each one of our hearts today, because I believe the word of God is powerful, and it's going to speak to us. So Heavenly Father, as we study your word today, and we study Palm Sunday, and they're doing it in children's church, and in preschool, and in nursery, God, I ask that you speak to everyone in this building to our hearts, Jesus. Not one of us do you desire to be left behind. You said all. You want all to come to know you. And God, as we study your word all across this building, I ask that our hearts are so tender to the things of you, that we would hear from your word and that we would listen and we would grow and mature in the things of you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that fun to think about all across the building? God is working. So good. So in your devotions this week, you'll have some things to look at, right? So Luke 19, we're going to start at verse 28, and we're going to go through Luke 19 today, verses 28 through 44. And um, we're going to just start reading, and I'm going to pause, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. But I'd like to start at verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage, um, and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, because the Lord needs it. Let's pause here. I want us to think about this. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and he had done this path many times. He had walked into Jerusalem with his disciples again and again. It talks about in the Gospels, where he's coming into Jerusalem. They're walking into Jerusalem, and they're ministering, and they're doing this and that. But this one time, something shifts and changes. What? He needs a donkey. He's going to bring a donkey in, and he's going to ride in on a donkey. And why? It's interesting to me. So he commands them, go and find the donkey. And if they ask, you know, and they just say, Well, the Lord needs it. I was thinking about that in modern days. Okay, just go to Luther Ford and just go there and say, hey, the Lord needs it, take that car, no big deal. And I thought, okay, there had to be more to the story, there had to be a backdrop, right? Like, okay, I need this whatever car and let me take it. Okay, okay, the Lord needs it, you can have it. You know, here's a brand fresh donkey, never been ridden, you got it. And there had to be some kind of backstory where this owner of this donkey had encountered Jesus or had something had happened, had a dream or a vision, or I don't even know, but I'm like, I want to know more. That's how my brain works when I read stories in the Bible. <laughs> I was like, there's more to this than we know, right? Anyway, so if you can imagine this time, it's different, it's changed. And as you look at the disciples, they instantly obey and they say, okay, we'll go do it. And I was thinking about that, too. And I thought, you know, because their history with Jesus, they had walked with him, and they'd seen him minister. And they knew, think about the loaves and fish. And then he's, they're like, well, how are you going to feed all this multitude? What do you mean? I'll go get, this is all I have right here. We have these few loaves and these fish. And out of that, what, the multitudes were fed. So their track record with Jesus was, OK, I know when he asked me to do something, I better go do it, because something's going to happen. And so they obeyed and went and did this. I don't know, this kind of stuff makes me stirred. When I read the scriptures, that's how I look at it. There's so much more to the backstory. I can't wait to get to heaven. I have so many questions. Anyway, this all took place on the 10th day of Nisan. It's the day when the lambs were brought um, into the city of Jerusalem. They're gonna celebrate Passover, and they bring the lambs in, and they nurture them until Passover. So this is the day where they take the lambs into their homes and that they nurture them before they're going to be sacrificed five days later. And um, today's the day that Jesus is walking in. I mean, riding in on the donkey. Is this not interesting? The Lamb of God who was slain for us is riding in on the donkey this day. Imagine Jesus, all of the people there. You know, historians believe that the size of what took place in Jerusalem in the Passover in that time Was five times its normal size. So the city was buzzing. Can you imagine Fargo with five times? You know, the weekends are bad enough when all of North Dakota and northern Minnesota is here, but that's not five times of North Dakota. I mean, of Fargo, North Dakota. So what would it look like to have this Jerusalem just buzzing with five times the people? They think the historians believe that there's around 256,000 lambs that were sacrificed. And so the Passover in Jerusalem, there are two to two and a half million people that were in there. It's um, Josephus is a historian that you can look up. His name, he's a Jewish historian. Anyway, Jesus said, "Go and ride that donkey," and so they did. In Zechariah 9:9, this is a prophetic that's being fulfilled in that. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout! Aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king, the messianic king, is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation, humble and unassuming, in submission to the will of the Father, and riding on a donkey upon a colt, the foal of a donkey." In submission to the Father, he's on this donkey. This is prophesied in Zechariah nine. Hundreds of years later, it's fulfilled. And one historian went back. I can't remember. I read it this week. I think it was a German police officer. It might have been Scottish. Anyway, he just thought, I want to figure this out. Like, let's do the dates. And so he literally went back and figured out generation to, I mean, year after year and went back and realized the exact day from that prophetic word was Palm Sunday when Jesus rode in on the donkey. So we can thank this mathematician historian that we actually have the facts of this, that that was the day. Can you imagine just... I have gone through that another Palm Sunday where the prophetic being fulfilled is beyond our imagination of it could never happen, it's only supernatural. You know, I told you a few weeks ago, donkeys were ridden in the city as they came in, when kings came in a city when it was peace. But when they come in and it's war, they ride a horse. And so Jesus came in, king of all kings and Lord of all lords riding on a donkey. So let's look at what happens next in Luke 19. See, they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully praising to God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Can you imagine? So many knew the name of Jesus, so many disciples in that place that had been touched by Jesus, had maybe been healed by him, had had some kind of encounter with this man. And they're crying out, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The other gospels say they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. God, save us. Save us now, they were crying out. They were yelling. They knew this was the Savior. They knew history was being fulfilled. Many of them knew Zechariah 9:9. Many of them knew Psalm 118, which talks about it. Hosanna, King of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In John, it says, Hosanna, blessed, celebrate, praised, is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. In the book of John, it's the only account where we see the palm branches being laid, thus Palm Sunday. Otherwise, it could have been Cloak Sunday, you know, whatever. So they talk about the palm branches there being laid and their coats being laid down as the king comes in the city of Jerusalem. You know, and what they were yelling, many of them only, you know how we only know in part and see in part? <laughs> they only knew in part. So many of these people would soon be yelling, crucify him, right? Right. You know, um, I was thinking about the palm branches were first brought into history when Judas Maccabeus, I can't talk today, when he won the city back from Syria, they celebrated and had palm branches. So this was their declaration of thinking, they're getting this city back. Let's get this celebration on. Like they thought it as almost like a war thing, like we're going to lay these palm branches down. But let's look at Psalm 118 that's being fulfilled. It's a messianic psalm of the Messiah. All of the Jewish rabbis knew this psalm. They were singing to Jesus in this city. They were declaring, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. So let's look at Psalm 118, verses 26 through 29. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, from the house of the Lord. We bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us with boughs, palm branches in hand, join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Verse 39, they knew. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. He was coming in their city, riding on a donkey. The palm branches were being laid. So what happens next? If you go back to Luke, verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. They were so mad. Like, stop this crazy. They're worshiping you. Stop it. You know, and in the past, Jesus had not allowed them to say he was king. And John, do you remember? They were trying to say that, and he left the city you know there are different times when he healed and um, God moved in miraculous ways through Jesus and he said don't tell anyone about your healing he wanted to stay kind of on the down low but this time he allowed it he came in he was fulfilling prophecy that the lamb that was to be slain the king of all kings coming in riding on a donkey And why the Pharisees were also so upset is they didn't want to crucify him or go after and arrest him until after everyone had left the city. Now think about it. They didn't want to look bad. (laughs) And there's 2.2 million people in the city, 2 to 2.5, they think. Anyway, in the city, you know, and they're yelling and rejoicing over Jesus coming in this city. They didn't want to look bad, but they were forced in that moment to start making decisions about the crucifixion. And according to Prophetic, it was supposed to happen that week on Good Friday, on Passover, just as Prophetic had said. But God, he has a plan, right? But God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world would die on Passover to fulfill the prophetic that was there. So on the 10th day of Nisan, the Lamb of God is presented to us, and he's crucified. We do have a Good Friday service. You know, it's a, I forgot that wasn't in my announcement page, but it is this Friday at 6 30, and we'd love to have you come. And it's a, we'll have some worship. It's a very short service. Oh, it's at 6. Whoops. It's at 6. I better be here. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Chris and Caleb. It's at 6 p.m. Anyway, my help. Um, and it's at 6 p.m. But it's just a time for us to reflect on what Jesus did on the cross. And I have Dr. Pastor Ted helping me again. So he's going to help speak a little into it. Anyway, verse four, let's continue on in verse 40. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet and the stones will cry out. The stones would cry out if we were quiet. Jesus was saying, he was prophesying to them. If they're silent, the stones will cry out. You know, they were yelling, King of all kings, Lord! he's riding on a donkey, Good Lord save us, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us now, they're crying out to him. And they say he, they're trying to silence it and he says, you know what, if you silence this, these very rocks would cry out. You want a pastor joke? It would have been the first rock concert if that would have happened. How many of you have heard that a hundred times from pastors? Yep. We have like three, so let us enjoy our moment, okay? (laughs) So it wasn't the first rock concert. They were crying out. The crowd was yelling Hosanna. They were singing the scriptures. They were declaring this king coming in. You know, God is looking for that in us, this authentic worship. We cry out to him, and we just recognize he's in the house. I love when Pastor Chris was recognizing it today and saying, do you guys see he's here? Pastor Caleb was saying the same thing. If you felt this something you've never felt before, it's Jesus, and sometimes it's not a feeling. Sometimes all of a sudden, the fear and the burdens of this world, and all of a sudden, this peace comes in you, and you've never had that before. That's Jesus. It's what it looks like for us to just cry out to him. It's an incredible reminder of, you know what? He is dwelling among us today. Christ is here with us because of what happened on Passion Week. He's looking for authentic worshipers, worshipers who are going to worship him in the good days and the difficult ones. That's what he's looking for in us. I also think of the disciples. So many of them um, heard... Eric Johnson say this for the first time, many belonged before they believed. And I notice in our church, we have people who come to church and they don't yet know Christ. And they come and I'm amazed they come back. And they're just like the disciples. They belonged with Jesus and they walked with him for quite a while until they believed. It goes on pretty far in the gospels with them walking with Jesus until they go, oh, truly, you're the son of God. You know? It's okay. Bring people in, you know? God has their story and their timing. So let's look at this. We've seen first, Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. There's a wild celebration, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The palm branch branches are laid, the coats are laid. The, the Pharisees begin to plot. The prophetic is being fulfilled in this moment. It's starting to begin to take place. And then Jesus has something he speaks now. It's a lamentation. It's that passionate expression of grief and sorrow and weeping. Let's see what he says. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. There's only one other time we saw Jesus weep. It was when Lazarus was raised, when he died. And you know, Lazarus was raised from the dead just before this. But Jesus wept a personal, you know, weeping over Lazarus' death. And now he's weeping. It says in the Greek, it means to cry loudly or to lament loudly. So this was not a little, I'm so sad. There was snot everywhere. I mean, this was like, he was grieving. He was crying out loudly and passionately. If you ever, if you even, you only one on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build and embark against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God coming to you. Other versions say, you did not recognize the time of your visitation. I want us to be people who are recognizing our time of visitation. I love how Pastor Chris led us, and Jesus is in this place. We have a time of visitation where we meet him in this place. And he was grieving so loudly over these things. And he was looking around at their spiritual blindness. He thought, they have no idea who I am or what's about to take place. He entered in this city that he loved. Pastor Nate talked about that last week. He loved Jerusalem. He loved the people. But he also looked ahead to 70 AD when the Romans would surround. He talks about them surrounding the city. When the Romans would surround that city and after a 143-day battle, the Romans would leave 600,000 people dead in the streets of Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed on 70 AD. He was weeping because he knew what was yet to come. But he was also weeping because his people did not recognize this day of visitation the word of God was made flesh and it dwelt among them and they didn't get it Palm Sunday the Messiah is here he's in our midst today he's walking with us as I was going through this and I was like Lord what do you have for us I know this passion week is all about you, and that's what I want our eyes on. I have been praying that as soon as this week starts, our eyes are so fixed on him, that this week is unique to us, that this Passion Week is a week where it's so easy to fix our eyes on Jesus, that we would think about him. But as I was praying into this, I thought, Jesus, you would have done this whole week that we're going to look at if I was the only one on earth. Is that not humbling? to think that suffering we're going to talk about on Friday, he would have done for you if you were the only one. He was doing it out of obedience to God. And he said, I will do this for the one that calls on the name of the Lord so that we can gather here and we can be free. We sang that song of freedom. Why are we free? It's because who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's because of what he did on the cross for us is that freedom comes. I was praying about this and thinking about how it's been so orchestrated, over 300 prophecies for this Passion Week to happen, for all the gospels that are you know, declaring their account of what it was. It's so important for us to just take time this week to think about him, to think about what he's done for us. The God of the universe had this planned. He prophesied it in advance. The God of the universe so orchestrated that to that day of Palm Sunday right here was the day that was prophesied, to the day. Can you imagine what he thinks about us? If you are concerned about your future, just rest in this. He orchestrated that and he loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life. If we worry about what's to come, he tells us not to, and it's easy in our society to worry about everything. But the God of the universe who could orchestrate this is orchestrating in our lives. We just have to call on the name of the Lord. He has an incredible plan for us, you guys, incredible. We see how big our God is. The other thing that I want us to take away from Palm Sunday is that lament of Jesus just weeping over the city. He could see the future, but he was weeping more that they were missing their visitation with him, that they were missing that moment that God is here with us. I don't want us to miss any moments. I don't want anyone in our lives. I I believe this is a year where prodigals are coming home. I believe this is a year where we're going to see salvations in the city like we've never seen before. I think these numbers that I declared in the beginning of the service are just a drop in the bucket of what God has for 2022 and 2023 and 2024. I believe he is moving in our midst, and we as a body of believers are awakening to that call. We're awakening to who we are in him. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Hosanna. Hosanna. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com.